Hello, welcome to this edition of the Engage podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie. And this week, as you will be able to tell from the title, we're just taking life easy at the moment. So we are just simply raiding uh, the subreddit on Reddit. Subreddit, yeah, Star Trek subreddit pages. So we went on there and found there's a hell of a lot on there. So there's Daystrom Institute, Star Trek Online, Trek Books, Riser, Wallpapers, Sushrick Gifts, Sushrick Adventures, Sonic Shower Thoughts, and the official William Shatner subreddit. And we just thought, because I saw it on YouTube and thought it'd be a cool thing to do, do an episode on it. Um, just talk about some discussions that are on there that intrigued us and get some time doing it. And I forgot to say, we hope you keep keeping safe out there and whatnot. Yeah, because obviously we're still living in a crazy time. So we hope you guys have said, staying safe and staying healthy. Um, and yeah, we're, with this episode, you say what, what we've kind of done is we've, we've picked about five kind of topics and discussions each. And we've done like a mixture of some serious, some more kind of a bit more humorous. Um, I also want to say um, at, currently at the moment, obviously, um, it's very hot. This where we are. Um, and um, if you hear any sounds in the background, that'll be most likely from said my end because I've got my window open um, because it gets very, very hot in my room, um, and I didn't really want to close it <laughs> for this episode. So if you do hear any background noises, that's why. Yes, yep. it won't be from me, but yes, that. <laughs> that's why. So we've done, as James says, we've done five, and we'll be taking it in turns. So. Oh, are we, am I doing it? Am I starting? Yeah, if you want to start. Yeah, if you want to start, yeah. So the first one we are discussing is... Dude, how much better would ethics have been if Plasky was the Doctor? Submitted a month, well, a month ago by the a release date by Throwaway EE Leaks 2. Yep. And it says, I don't know about you, but personally I like Plasky a million times more than the Crusher. How amazing would this episode have been with Plesky instead of Limp Crusher? I'm so sad I'll never get to see that. I just thought it's a very short discussion. There was four comments in total. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a short discussion. I just think that some of the more interesting ones are actually the shorter ones. Yeah. And I'd rather... You'll find that with my ones, I've thought I cared more about the discussion rather than how many comments were on it. And this is one of them where it's like, not really much discussion there, but I thought the whole concept was very interesting because I think that... Yeah, the I mean, interaction I... between her and Doctor, I think it's Doctor Russell, would be very interesting. Mm. I think so. I think I looked up, and I think it's season five. So we did this last year for which would, season yeah, review. which would have been obviously yeah, yeah, it was season five. And you know, and you know, we both, I think we both kind of pit threads where I think some of them are longer and some of them are shorter, but we've kind of, you know, as you say, sometimes it's shorter. It's quality over quantity, isn't it? Um, and even with even with your first being as short as it is, yeah, there's some there's some interesting stuff in there, isn't there? There's quite a lengthy one by Fiol uh, thirteen hundred, and it says Plasky would have added a lot to many late seasons. Ship and a bottle, given her history and morality from her, his first appearance, given her initial reaction and eventual acceptance of Data, a take on the Borg would have been fascinating. Although I don't think she appears in the episode. If I remember rightly, I don't think she's actually in Q Who, but you know. Uh, I 
don't think she actually I don't is. Think she no. makes an appearance, which is a real bit of an oddity, but it's a thing. Mm. Plasky trapped with Geordie. Why do they always put an E at the end of Geordie? Maybe it's. Do you, just... do you get that? Because like, Geordie is like someone from Manchester. I don't know. Could it be. Maybe could it be like um like a regional thing or something? No, I, mean, depend- I just think people forget it's a silent E rather than a fully. But, I don't know. But... Um, Plasky track with Jordan disaster would have been a very different vibe. Her reaction to the Horizon video, uh, yeah, video game in the game, would probably have been better than the crushes. And seeing out and rather the mystery of what was going on in room with me, uh, sees uh, seems she would have seems. cut through the. The bullshit much further, uh, faster. Um, about the only episode, I don't think she would have upset Crusher's attached since she wouldn't have, wouldn't have had the same history with Picard. For some reason, I imagine Sub Rosa would have accumulated with the ghost running for his life and chased it around with a ball whip, laugh out loud. I just yeah. thought it was a really interesting thing with kind of, you know, particularly with ethics, the way it was dealt with, although I do think that her relationship with Wolf would, is still interesting. Yeah, do you know, reading that comment, I, I don't know why, but I actually think she would be more receptive to the... Um, to the I also can't remember the doctor's name. Dr. Russell. Um, Dr. Russell, I think she would actually be more agreement with her. I don't know why I, I say that, but... Just, They're more on the same page, but I yeah. still think she would have put a bit of more of a uh, personal attachment to Wolf's Wolf. situation. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think she would have. I think she would have been more receptive to Doctor Russell's thoughts than a little bit. But they're Dr. still. Russell's. If you remember in, I think Contagion, where it's kind of you know jump to you know head and heart medicine. So there's still a bit of crusher in there. Mm. But that's a weird thing because season two, her uh, scripts were still written. Oh no, am I getting confused with? Oh, I think season three, I think they were still written for Plasky, weren't they? Yeah. So I'm getting myself cross wires again. Um, but so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I kind of was going with a thread and then I cut that thread because it didn't make any sense. Um, well, you were saying that, you know, she, I think you said about head and heart medicine in Contagion. Yeah, it was more back to basics and kind of you don't do anything too idiotic. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and I think, yeah, I said she would be a bit more receptive than Crusher. But, you know, again, at that point, if Pulaski was still around and said, you know, she, as you say, you, you would still have that attachment to Wolf. Um and, you know, as you say, I think the dynamics are just interesting. And I think, you know, um, just her whole, as you said, because she was in a way quite different to, to Beverly. And as you said, that last bit that um, Fear 1300 has, has put, that bit in Sub Rosa, I think that is so true. In fact, you know, I, I'm not saying that she couldn't, but I just, I just don't think the relationship would have worked out very well between Pulaski and the ghost. It just... I don't know. I, I just, as you say, you could just imagine her just chasing the coast away if he tries to, you know, tries to romance her or something. It just, you know, it'd just be, <laughs> it'd just be more funny than anything. So yeah, it's... she would have sat him down and kind of crushed him for twenty minutes, wouldn't it? It's just kind of rather than kind of yeah. I don't like what you're up to. Like, 
Yeah. It's, just, it's such an interesting dynamic of kind of, because you don't hear that much about Plasky. It's just kind of, I think, because like you say, we've warmed her a little bit. Mm. And I think there is a growing community that has in recent years. Um, so I just thought it was an interesting thread. It's just kind of how one of Next Gen's best episodes looking at a very interesting topic, very grey area, how it would slightly have changed how the storyline would have gone with Plasky, with her there, with Plasky there. Well, yeah, I mean, as you say, you, you've got a few other people commenting. Um, so, to fear 1300s, throw away Elix too, said the opening um, person said, man, you're so right, I love Pulaski so much. It's all the more sad, we only got her for one season. And uh, Captain Deep Shiat, dude, for real, season two is my most watched season by far. And Scorch Reports says, um, Pulaski is one of my... Oh, okay. Maybe not. Maybe not this person. Then I just been thinking, "Hang on." I've got no, to but that's that's the majority of fans. Yeah. Comment. Uh, so read that one out, Jeremy. Um, I was going to anyway. I just had to kind of say they, they uh, stop myself and say they like Pulaski as well. Um, Pulaski is one of my least favorite characters in all the Star Trek. She just reminds me of all the men substitute teachers I had in my life. Good riddance. Yeah, I mean Pulaski had a bit more of a rougher edge about she her than didn't Beverly. Next gen. She just didn't suit it. Do you think she would have done better in Dead Space Nine, maybe? I mean, not to... Not no, to... no. Is it more generational? I think that's. I think that might be the issue with it, or the way she was written. Maybe. Because she is more of a original series kind of Dr. Boyce and McCoy kind of vibe to her. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, you know, the kind of fluffy and lovely next gen or the kind of... Because that's where Bashir works, because he kind of... He suited Deep Space Nine so perfectly. Oh, God, yeah. And I don't think it should work on Voyager, because then you've got two women of that type on the ship. And... It, you would then end up in a similar situation that you had with um, Plasky and Picard. Mm. I think. Yeah. So that wouldn't work either. So I don't know where you'd fit her. Well, as you say, maybe, maybe, maybe it's, as you said, kind of original series kind of esque. But, you know, she did own it for, you know, considering she was only in it for one season, she did, they, I think they did well for a character. I mean, considering the writer strike, and as you say, those scripts were meant to be for um, Gates McFadden, for Beverly Crusher. I think I think Dynamo Dodd did a really good job, you know. And, you know, you, you start off kind of said very, well, you know, for some of us, you know, grown, who, who have grown to quite, you know, quite like her, you know, it's, you know, she starts off quite brusque and that, but, you know, she's a new person on the ship. She's, you know, she's, but, you know, she does grow, doesn't she? As the season does go on, I think so. I say the character warmed to the crew as time went on. Mm. You know, so I just thought it was a very interesting and something that doesn't get spoken about often enough. No, but so I just know. thought it was an interesting thing because I, I, me and Jamie spoke this would have been yesterday briefly, and I sort of said, "Hey, I've come up with a few backups," 
And they, I was so tempted to go for some other topics that um, I came up with just in case we came up with similar ones. And it was just like, so I did six of my convictions stick to what I've gone for, I think. Yeah. But I mean, I've, tra- I've changed one of mine, but that's that's it. And this is actually, uh, we'll get to that later, but it's actually like Simon, uh, well, his idea um, of the, 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 the topic you suggested, didn't you? Um but yeah, I mean, I think it's you know, and I think as you say, shipping a book it would have been interesting. Said given history with Moriarty, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I agree. With, I said all of it, and he said, "Remember me as well." I think, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Beverly was you know wasn't smart or anything, but I could just, I think I could just for whatever I could just see Pulaski get in get into the solution a bit quicker. I don't know why, but. <laughs> but you know, we'll never know. The issue with it is that she's never met the traveller, so I don't quite know how that would work. But you know, whatever. Yeah, that's 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 true. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they met him in I don't know season one. Yeah, and she was obviously around in season one. You know, <laughs> so that's and my yeah, own problem. Well, yeah, and know, obviously with, with Beverly, it's it's her intention not just to get back to the group, but to her son as well, isn't it? That's her. That's her goal, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, so... And the thing of Remember Me, it comes from the Turbo Lift Last As Long As The Discussion uh, school of Star Trek writing. Yes, the ship's still here, but it isn't really. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> the story, you know, like, it all works around the story. I'm going to go a bit off topic with the with that discussion. Because if you've seen Darkest Hour, that makes the end of that makes me laugh. But this, because do you remember the bit where Churchill goes on the tube? Oh yeah, yeah. And he's going one stop on the Circle District line. And if you lived in London or if you've been in London long enough, you know the stops between Westminster and whatever's before it is not a five-minute talk where you can chat to everyone on a tube train. No, no, no. That lasts like two minutes. Like if if and that. So watch that film and you'll go, yeah, this is a... So he finishes his discussion with all the... He he chats to, like, half the tube carriage. <laughs> and just as he finishes talking to them all, they get to Westminster. Well, maybe they... maybe maybe the train stops. Maybe someone spoke to the driver, put a call through to the driver, said, slow down, which Churchill's chatting with us. Just slow the train so down. If you want to see a case of turbulent conversations, <laughs> go and watch that film and you'll get a good laugh because it's... One where it steeps into a period, no wartime set piece, and you just sit there going, "Huh? Okay, this is." Actually, I was going to say, how could actually anyone alert the driver? Actually, we'd be able to, would you? Actually, we're really getting off top of it. Yeah, I just just realised it didn't make sense what I just said there, but yeah. Anyway, but it's a good film. It is a good film, isn't it? Apart, maybe apart from that. Oh, it's not a bad scene. It's just very funny, really. Yeah. Like if you've I know what you mean. ever been anywhere in London, you know that the, to go one stop on the Circle District line, that's not two minutes away. You know, that's two minutes away, not ten minutes of let's have a discussion to everyone like thing. Oh, look, I finished discussing with you all. Now that now I'm at Westminster, and you're going, huh? Okay. So welcome to the Star Trek Reddit plus that, Turbo that, Lift Winston Churchill on a trip. That's, that's in fitting. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. We we go off on tangents. We don't we don't as much as we used to, did we? 
We used to do it a lot. We don't so much these days, do we? I, I think. But um, yeah, it would have been interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm still glad we got it for a season. I'm not sure it would have performed as well with her any more longer in it. What in season three, if um, Beverly hadn't come back? I think you needed Beverly for six seasons. Mm. Can you imagine her in Best of Both Worlds? That's a little bit strange. Can you mm. imagine her in All Good Things? Oh, can you imagine her in Chain of Command? How the hell would that work? Well, her getting through lava tunnels and lava caves and whatnot. Like, no, no, no. Well, just well, you got to you got to remember. Actually, you got to think if you had her for the rest of the time. Think about flipping. She didn't like using the transport, did she? And she absolutely had to. So you got to think she'll be using flipping shuttles all the time for like the rest of the time, like the you know the next five seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anything more you want to say on that? Go and check it out. Yes. Um, my first one, um, <laughs> which yes, I know it sounds it's a bit generic, it's a bit, but you know, and I know it's not going to be coming out for a couple of years. Um, but I just <laughs> thought to myself, it's been recently announced. It's something current, and I just, I think, I think. At least I think it needs to be talked about, even if it's just a bit. Uh, so my first one is um, Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rekka uh, Romjin introduces Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, and this was submitted five, da- uh, five days ago by Panda Pundus. And basically, I'm sure probably most of you probably see it now. It's a video on YouTube, um, them announcing the new um, Star Trek Pike series. Jamie already knows my thoughts on this one. We had a good long discussion about this as well yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, basically, what I just said about it seems generic. It's a de- that was basically Simon's thoughts on it. Um, because no. every other podcast out there are doing the Suns, doing it, has done it, and now we're doing it. Yeah, but we're not doing it as a whole episode like I'm sure some podcasts are doing, which is fu- which is fine. Nothing wrong with that, but. It's I just... would tell you the same thing I told Jamie last night. I don't want those freaking robots. I don't want those airlock thingies. Those things were god awful. I don't want it linked up with Section 31 if the thing's even happening in its own right because no one's heard anything about it Yeah, ever. I, I did hear, um, again, this is just nothing 100%, but I did hear somewhere that they, they actually might have cancelled it. But that's what just... a shame. I'll, but I don't know for sure, so don't take that as a hundred percent fact. I think I might replace it with this. Possibly. That's, that's people, my thoughts. People, people want it. People have been saying it for ages. We've both kind of said, we, even though we know the inevitable outcome of obviously Captain Pike, you know, people, I still want it. I mean, looking at some of the comments here, I mean, it says in the video, classic Star Trek show about optimism in the future sold, and that's from Jason Anarchy. So, yeah. I'm really intrigued to see which of the 1,349 comments we're going to talk about, Jamie. (laughs) Well, we don't have to talk... Good luck with that. Well, we don't have to talk about them all. My only only concern I've been thinking about since you sent me the link for this is the problem is it with them doing Pike is now you're then back in the whole crap we have with Discovery is it touching on canon. 
And it's getting even worse because now they're fiddling with Enterprise and now they're fiddling with Captain Pike. Yeah, so... That's the other concern I have with it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> yeah, we won't, as you say, delve too much into kind of that, but it's like we've got a bit of knowledge, isn't it? Um, and as you say, with more Star Trek series that are being bought out, it it is it is a it kind of is a bit of a concern. As you say, how do you keep up with canon? Because I said we've had we've had Discovery. Obviously, we've now got Star Trek Picard. We've got um, obviously this on the way in a couple of years. Um, and I think, I mean, how many other Star Trek series was it? Star Trek Starfleet Academy. Uh, animation, something like that. I mean, I've I've lost track, haven't you? Yeah, certainly yeah. agree. Yeah, I mean, you know. So, another reason I said to Jamie why I was a bit unsure about this one is the fact that it's been announced, great, but when presumably are we going to get this? Cause, yeah, given because... the current situation. Well, yeah, but it's still, even even if there is not much, it's still fun to to talk oh, about yeah, I know, but... and speculate yet. But yes, you are Simon is correct. It won't be out I said that's why I said that when I announced it earlier a second ago. Yes, it's not coming out for a couple of years. And obviously given the current situation at the moment, who knows, it'd probably be possibly delayed even longer. But I just thought it'd be just good to just at least, you know, acknowledge it and just I said we're not having a massive discussion about it, but just just chat a bit about it. I mean Based on some of these comments, it looks like a lot of people are quite excited for it. Because as you say, it's a Star Trek show that people wanted. I mean, I think it's sad to say we both kind of do as well, didn't we? Oh, we said that from um, retrospective, didn't we? Yeah, because I mean, part of what made... I mean, not to, not to you know, um, uh, downplay, you know, the rest of the show all the actors or anything like that. But one of the main reasons why season two of Discovery was so good was because of Enterprise, Captain Pike, Spock, etc. Um, you know, it was one of the main reasons, let's be honest, you know. Um, you know, and to find... I mean, I know you said Jeffrey Hunters, I know he was only one, ep- uh, one episode. But, you know, it's it's when you get someone who's kind of replaying a character that's set up, it's very rare to have someone who, who, think, who you think can live up to the original. Can you argue three, Jamie? The Menagerie. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true, yeah. Te- yeah, yeah, actually, technically true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, sir. So, you know, but it seems like I said... <clears throat> A lot of people uh, are quite excited, but what, what's interesting about this is that actually, I think actually some of the comments do kind of go into another discussion, another thread about this um, that I um, I um, I've chosen, haven't I, Um Because they they talk a bit about the format. Oh, we hope there's like more. Let's have a look. Um, um, bring filler episodes back to Trek. So that's from. Uh, no freedom mine. I do love some of these. Um, love some of these names. I love to know how these people come up with some of these names. Um, but you know, so it looks like um, it goes. So we've got Tech Leo Pass saying, Honest, I honestly would love a year round format and a return to plenty 20 plus episodes a season. I hate getting struggling on for 10 shockingly short episodes and then waiting a year and a half to see the next season, constantly wondering if it's cancelled because it's taken so long. 
so you know obviously the shows for, for some fans it's obviously the announcers brought up kind of how how many episodes and kind of what the structure should be i mean you know i don't I said episodic's fine i don't mind it now and again um but yeah it's, it's certainly fueled a lot of um interesting debate um about you know how they should go about it but it looks like a lot of people are quite pleased with it aren't they so oh definitely yeah i just don't know what you can say about it with something that's been announced but yeah. nothing's actually happening with it like... <laughs> well it's interesting to get people's takes on, on what they're thinking and you know because i said the reactions here are inevitably mixed so someone else has said i can't even pronounce some of these names her Hermadol has said Whenever Discovery or Picard gets criticised, it's cut by Star Trek shows depending on the time they were made in. These new shows deal with new issues we face today and reflect that. But to me, the whole point of Star Trek was to show that it could be better, that we could be better. There was a, I swear, a shitload of racism in the 70s, but the Enterprise had a multiracial crew with mutual respect. There's bigotry and xenophobia today, so Trek could show that this is BS and cultures can work together instead of having constant wars and attempted genocide. I like new Trek for what it is, but I also want this one to be different. So, yeah, I mean, it all depends on your stance, really. But it's just, I just think it's interesting just the varying viewpoints that you do get. And I said, no one's right, no one's 100% wrong. It's, it's, it's all down to your own opinions and what you think. And I, I said, which, which everyone is entitled to. Maybe the shining light out of this is that they can see the responses they're getting and maybe tailor it so they can try and give the audience what they want in terms of format. Mm. Yeah. Maybe with it not being a delay, but not started yet, not started production yet. Yeah. And which is why we haven't got season three of Discovery yet. It's the same reason that this horrible situation has delayed launch, um, the release of season three. Mm. But we'll get it eventually. It's just got to be patient. It will happen, and everyone will binge watch it and go, well, more please. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you want to go on to your second one, Si? Yeah, my fun one. Yeah. My, one of my fun ones. So this one is called Scotty's Dilemma, and this one's via Sonic Shower Thoughts, uh, submitted a month ago, because I liked a month ago, and it's by Nocturnal Mare in Trouble with Tribbles, Scotty claimed that beaming the triples in space was inhuman, but beaming them onto the Kolo ship, he was essentially condemning them to death anyhow. Likely clones would have beamed them into space or maybe fed them to the Targs or something. I wonder if Scotty was merely passing the buck, or apparently everyone on board agreed to abandon their pets once they came too inconvenient. Yeesh, why the hell did they not let them on without prior quarantine procedures? I actually feel sympathy for the triples. I do actually have a solution for it. Where oh. no trouble would been harmed at all. Well, it's, another, it's another very short one as well. It's only got six comments. Um, but there is a solution. Go on. It's What's this? painfully simple. It will make life hell for one other character, but no one's really going to complain about that. Okay, so you won't bring them into space. Oh, no. That will kill them. He beam them onto Klingon ship. Or he said he did, which also wouldn't end up in well. Okay, so you're in space, Jamie. I'll, I'll trumpet it this way as I usually do. You're in space, in the ship, 
you have nothing else in sight. You have empty space, but you have two other things in range. So, like, what are the other things you can do? So, Klingon ship. Probably yeah. not a good idea. What's the other thing you're nearby? K7. K7. Well, surely you could beam them onto K7 and no one be none the wiser and give Cyrano Jones a little bit more work for a few years. Yeah. And all the triples live. Like, who's really going to know? Yeah. Like, shove it into the like, sewage compartment. That would be my solution. I can see that. I mean, the thing is, you know, I was I said reading through that, and I said, um, not to Maya, just bring up a good point. It's like, well, it is, it just, it is a little, it is kind of inhuman. But yes, I know it's kind of the original series. It was very tongue in cheek, and you know, you, as you say, at the end of the episode, you would always have a parting joke, wouldn't you, or something? That's just I how... do wonder if it was said, and he did send them to. K7, but I don't know. It could just be, uh, oh, we, oh, we did the silliest thing. I love one of the comments on there, the CGO12345. I can just see the ambassador from uh, from Voyage Home trying to bring Swatch up on bioterrorism charges. That did make me laugh. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Who's to say Scotty did actually to the clear one ship? I mean, it's like, well, he didn't actually see it. So... Maybe, maybe he didn't. I mean, that would be my solution. I'd been on to K seven. Yeah, yeah. That, would, that would make most sense to me. And annoyingly, there's a discussion about um, the trouble with Edward, but we don't like we can get a bit of a sense about it. But again, we haven't seen it because we're in the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I looked. I think I don't even know what that is. So it's one of the short tracks, um, and it's one of the animated ones. Oh, okay. Oh, one of the, oh, what you mean? One of the short tricks? Oh, what you mean? Um, for Discovery? Yeah, season two's. Which we still like have to say we haven't seen. Yeah. But... So yes, that's that's the thing on there. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think that was a that's a good one. I think that's a good one. Um, I like short things because you can I can then say Jamie read those comments. Whereas with about a billion comments, it's very difficult to kind of say to someone, hey, read that thread. Yeah, as, as Jamie found with um, the first strange one, strange new worlds one. Yeah. Well, thankfully, my my next one is blessedly shorter. It's still got a fair few comments, like fifty three, but it's not as much as was it a thousand? However many you said it was over a thousand. Um, yeah. So my second one, one you actually thought was very interesting, didn't you, Sire? Um, so this one is quite a long. Uh, title but i'll read it out this is from uh, submitted three days ago by loki 2002 earth is a post scarcity society where money is non-existent yet some people live on acres of property and others live in homes while others live in apartments they show harry kim living in a studio apartment in the episode non sequitur season two episode five how do they decide who lives where um, you know, and I thought just that immediately caught my eye. I just thought, you know what? I've never actually thought about that before. Um, but um, the first person who responded, um, Ensign Redshirt, come up really, um, really well, very, very, I said, very informative and I'll say quite an in depth response, isn't it, Sire? Yeah. I'm not sure how much I read of it because I've got my own thoughts, but you know. <laughs> um, well, do you want to do you want to say what your own thoughts are first on it? 
I'm not sure whether it will actually blend into Ents and Red Shirts, but my thought was the size of apartment or building would be partly down to the old earth structure because you'd still, as he says in that, you'd still get ownership that is based on an old economy, so house ownership. But I would imagine that the size of apartment is also based on, and I don't know how it would work outside of Starfleet, I don't know, maybe we'll have a discussion about that, but at least within Starfleet, I think, based on the size of apartments that we see, I think it's based on rank. That's what I was thinking, because obviously if you don't have a system of, um, of a city, uh, you don't have a natural econo economy in terms of money, you need to base it on something else. So... In this case, it'll, it'd be, what, a merist, meristocracy, kind of? So, Because well, the there are a few more we see, because it's not just that apartment. Because we also see Reginald Barclay's apartment. Yeah. We also see, um, it, actually, back in the films, we also see uh, Admiral Kirk's in 2, I think beginning of 2. We also see Admiral Janeway's at the end of Endgame. So there's an awful lot of case where you can actually take um, examples and go, okay, that person had that rank, here's the size of their apartment. Mm. So I think it would be based on kind of, and maybe maybe on, I said needs as possibly well maybe, as you say, you've got to think of, um, I don't know, I don't know, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Um, I don't think per se you'd have a housing market. I think that you'd have... Um, you're having more like um, house, we, housing societies, aren't you? That's what you're really going you mean, for. You mean kind like... Of... They would have like a, like a committee that they would set up and they would, and they would award it based on certain factors. Maybe not that per se, but it's just kind of... You fit this criteria, you end up in this apartment. You end up here. For yeah, but you that would, local yeah. area that you would that you district. would need some sort of yeah you would need some sort of committee though to make the, to 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 talk about discuss things and make those kind of decisions though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think actually to be honest, I think kind of what you said is in kind of line with Vincent and Resha. Um, they've said, do you mind if I read it out? Knock yourself out, anyway. Yep. <laughs> um. There are plenty of ways to allocate resources without money and plenty of reasons why some would choose any given type of accommodation. My guess would be that in high demand areas like, like near Starfleet HQ, there are a lot of smaller apartments. In more out-of-the-way parts of the world, there's plenty of space to have single-family dwellings. Picard's Vineyard makes sense because it is a functioning estate winery. The grapes need land on which to grow and the cultural value of the historic wine, winery is viewed as a reasonable use of land. If you gave up growing grapes and making wine, it's likely that the land would either be repurposed or its use would be granted to someone who did want to make wine. It's not that hard to imagine. We just have to discard our notions of private property ownership and instead reframe around usage and personal requirements. Housing, housing could be assigned based on the lottery or by an algorithm or granted by some sort of committee based on any given household's needs or preferences or some combination of the above. Money, and by extension... Can I just drop in here for a minute? It's a bit of a complication. I know they're talking about Picard per se, but he hasn't owned that for his whole entire life. 
it was his it was his father's it was his, it was his father's and then his brothers. It was his father's and then his brothers. So his brother would still be classed as a um wine producer. Yeah. So again I think part of that is and you still have to produce food and services per se. So they still need to be allocated in here and there and I think again that certain that still then comes into, as he said, historical things, but you don't just kind of, yeah, like you don't do what they did in the Second World War and just simply, oh yes, we're going to take that over for six years. You can't, you can't kind of do that. There's still a certain degree of, because I, I, I don't think they sell the wine, but they kind of do, but they don't. Oh yeah, I, don't I mean, know how that works? Well, well, obviously, what I, I know again. Uh, obviously, what you got, and you got to think as well with Picard in season one. Set off Picard. He's 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 there, isn't it? I mean, does he does he? I'm assuming he does. You do see him actually tending to the uh, the grapes in the field, didn't you? I think. I think he grew into it. Yeah. So uh, presumably he'd still be probably probably well, obviously before he went on his said before he went off and onto his mission, he probably did that. I'd imagine, even in, instead of him being in retirement, he probably did. I think he would have just carried it on. I don't, yeah. I don't, like, because that would have been, that's been going the whole time since next gen. Mm. We're rare of. Since, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've got to think as well, if it is allocated based on that, then, well, you've got to think, if obviously Picard now, well, he's now back on a ship, he's probably... I don't know what happened. He might go back home. I don't know, but it sounds like he probably will be staying in space. Well, then the property will probably, again, it will probably, as you said, be was it, uh, repurposed. No, I think it will just carry on. Because, again, it's doing a service to it. It's providing wine. Mm. Wine yeah. is still a resource. Yeah, but is yeah, but is there anyone there to actually carry on providing that service at that point? Yeah, he'll probably... Hand it over to his, um, possibly housekeepers or someone that's specifically in charge of, um, the wine business while he's away. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think you know I think you I said I think what we're kind of saying I think Ensign Redshirt I think I think it's I said this is just supposition but I there think... is a bit of a complication with it though because if Got you it. remember Cisco used to transport from and there's shuttles so by admission location actually it's not location 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 anymore because you can actually live you can live wherever and either mm. shuttle in or transport in anymore so it kind of doesn't matter and well, the other thing is where you've got to think of is particularly, I mean, those in Starfleet who who might who might be going on long range missions, they might be away for months. I mean, what happens? And, and say they didn't have any family or any, or anyone who was staying at that that place with them. I mean, what would happen to the property then? Would they loan it out to somebody who needed it for a significant period of time? Or you know, you, as you say, it's it's tricky, isn't it? So are we getting on to more... Are you pretty much saying that there's a rented accommodation? Is that what you're getting at to? Is there kind of a... That's a surreal thought. Is there a rental division at Starfleet 
where they can't like housing division where they work out and oh that's an even crazier thought is it universal so like say you are a cadet at South Eat Cab Mate and you're in say the dorms yeah getting your first commission so you get plonked out of that and then you I think it's you just get um you're then given one in like say Deep Space Nine or wherever aren't you you're just simply kind of going oh yeah that was your room now hand all over your well it's the same with like lockers in school yeah hand over all your things for that thing change all the codes for or the codes move well the other the other the other question becomes and with this whole thing so what i was saying before about you what you were saying about rank well say i don't know say someone to i know a lieutenant commander or first officer go go on a long voyage and the family stays at home i mean do would would staff i mean i'm not saying they would chuck them out and just leave them on the street but would they rehouse them they would stay there you think they would stay there yeah yeah there's so, got to be a general level of common sense within it mm. and accommodation for every unique situation. Like, mm. you know, like you know, the whales on board Enterprise D and stuff like that. And mm. It's got to be a watertight system. So you would have, you would end up with a huge, and I mean a huge um, flow chart. It would be humongous, but you would they, it, they would have a system in place that would get rid of all the complications, and it would just be a very simple format. It would be a very simple way of doing it, but somehow it would work. Yeah, I think so. I mean, as you say, did you want me to read out the rest of, of, of this? If you want to, if you want to knock yeah. yourself out. Yeah, um, so Enter Russia goes on to say... Um, money and by extension the market is just a way of finding efficient resource distribution. Markets exist to transfer information about demand for resources in a decentralised way, but it's not the only way to gather and act on that information. It's not even the only decentralised way to do so. Star Trek doesn't go too deep into its economic system, so it's hard to say for what cert- for certain what kind of methods they use to distribute resources. It could be done partly democratically and partly by big computers crunching data to find optimal solutions. One thing that is worth noting is that by our standards, Star Trek Earth would be profoundly wealthy. Like, think of the resources we as a civilization have access to today in comparison to the distant past. Earth, in the context of the Federation, is probably wealthier than we are to an even greater extent than the comparison between us and Earth a couple of centuries ago. Now, imagine that all of that wealth is held for the common good rather than being hoarded by a few wealthy individuals. There'd be so much abundance, but no way or reason to accumulate or fruit your wealth. It wouldn't be unreasonable to think that people would have a very high standard of living, even if they live in a small apartment. It would just be a trade. Live in a small area, in a dense, live in a small place in a dense area with lots of um, amenities and are close to your job, or live in a less dense area with more room to stretch your legs. There would still need to be a way to allocate said resources, but any given person would almost certainly be able to find a lifestyle that works for them. And if not, there's always the colonies. Plenty of room on a distant planet if you want a big house on acreage with no neighbours in view. So, yes. Hmm? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, but, um, 
Captain Hawkeye Pierce has actually replied, energy would be the currency of such a society. Once all reorganised any random matter is possible, that's plenty much the only constraint, assuming near-perfect efficiency in recycling matter. So, I mean, maybe you're on to say it there. Maybe, you know, maybe that's another way. I don't know. As you say, it's all very suppositional, isn't it? But Well, they did have transporter rations, didn't they? Because, again, that's what Cisco yeah. said about. But if you've got a bed, a bath... A replicator. What else do you really need? Yeah, true. Because you've got a transporter presumably nearby, public transporters. You're going to have shuttles, and there's also there's also trams around. You also see trams going around San Francisco, and so you can pretty much get anywhere around the world with no issues, whatever. So you could live wherever you like and get to point a however far that is yeah and i mean wouldn't i don't know i mean and wouldn't um wouldn't certain places i, I don't know don't think we ever see it in people's homes i mean i know you're doing non-secretary i think you see it in harry kim's office he has like a transport pad but would you have that something like that at your home as well i thought you... they were locally accessible like they had in yorktown yeah. Town station in the Kelvin timeline, and they had them in Picard outside Starfleet Command. Mm. So you'd have a fundamental public transporter system. Because so... if because you wouldn't have access to transporters at home, because then you get into a whole heap of security problems. That I'm not sure that meant it, like you would really sanction unless you know you're really idiotic we'll give you this thing where you can have access to every single house building room in this whole entire world knock yourselves out yes what could possibly (laughs) go wrong with that like well if i mean if we go and buy what ensign redshirt said then in terms of like it wouldn't matter how big or small it is it's just You'd find something to fit your lifestyle anyway, right? I mean, I, you would, I suppose you could ask, well, why have different size places then? If, it, if you've already got everything you need, as you said, in terms of a replicator, a bed, then why would it need to be a certain size for some of them? I and mean, obviously something like Picard's winery, that obviously, that, that's fair enough. Obviously, you, know, you, you need a big... there would be standardised rooms hmm. for certain ranks and things and... Um, length you've been in that career so that there wouldn't be any disappointment or expectation from say an ensign it would be oh right I've got this this square footage you'd have like you'd have square footage there that would be the same and your destination would be the same square footage Hmm. so you'd build it to a certain maybe the the outside design might change, but the internal structure would be the same. You'd end up with kind of, rather than going, oh, this is a two-bed apartment, you'd have kind of, oh, this is it. Like, would have 12 ensign apartments, would have a few lieutenant ones, a couple of lieutenant commanders, and then a commander's and a captain's, captain's penthouse apartment or whatever. I'm not trying to call it that, but... You'd have kind of Starfleet standard issue 
kind of apartment buildings like skyscrapers. You know, yeah, and I mean, in a way, that would make sense. I mean, if you think um, on a starship, I mean, at least I don't, I don't know. I think I, I, I think all the um, the quarters were pretty much the same. But I've always wondered was like the captain's court was bigger than everyone else's or stuff like that. I mean, Janeway had her own private dining gallery, didn't she? So. And I think maybe amongst that, you then have, as we do for free society, you then have a small chance to slightly adjust it, maybe. I don't know. And I think there is a certain thing with calling it a post... What is it? Scarcity society. Yeah. We are still dancing around that. Very well, but we haven't mentioned yet. We are still dancing around the word of communism. It's yeah. still that certain sense of communism where everyone gets the same and that sort of thing. I think that is kind of, kind of the same thing. I don't like saying it, but it kind of is. And yeah, if we it... hadn't mentioned that word, I don't. I'm sure someone out there will be thinking it, and we're going, "Why aren't you saying that?" Well, we kind of are. We're just we're putting it in the post-scarcity society brand. Yeah, I mean, if you think about, obviously, you know, you get said you get a replicator, you get a bath, you get, get a bed, and yeah, of course, obviously, it does. It does obviously the definition does loosen if you've got people with different size apartments. But so I think what we're kind of saying is it's probably based on, as you say, kind of a meritocracy. So I said merit in terms of your rank, and I don't know, probably the the needs. So the needs of 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 either. A family or an individual, or as you say, it, if they've got a business just that provides. Be a thing. It would just be a kind of, oh, well, I'm in here, that apartment. All right, okay, then, fair enough. Like, Yeah. So you, I think, yeah. And as you say, oh, it could just, you know, so this is just supposition, but I, I think it kind of does make sense. I think you would, it said you have that kind of thing in place because obviously you don't have money, not not in, as you say, in the future, in, in Star Trek, there's, there's no such thing as. It's a, a a money economy anyway, and it would um, even fit if you remember in Lower Decks where they have this whole discussion about ensigns, where they have to share quarters, don't they? And yeah. then one of them gets promoted, and it's like, oh, are you looking forward to getting your own space for once? So it fits in there as well. Mm. So I think it's just a kind of an accepted part of life in the twentieth century, where it's just kind of. Oh, congratulations! You've got a promotion. Here, here's some more square footage. Knock yeah, yourself here's some, out. Here's some more. Yeah, here's a bigger apartment or a bigger. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that makes sense. But have a look at this thread. It's a it's a incredibly good read, and there's an awful lot of interesting thoughts in there that I'd really recommend reading. If there's mm. one to read in this whole uh, episode, it's that one. I think definitely because it's such again it's. I was going to say earlier, it's kind of you open Pandora's box with this one, Jamie, but it's such an interesting thing. Yeah. And it's kind of. Oh, yeah, it just caught my eye. And it was just like I'd never. I looked at that thing. I'd, I'd, I'd never thought about, you know, different size apartments that, that, that said that, you know, that people were living in Star Trek. As you say, whether it's Harry Kim in non secretaire, with, I said, with his um, fiance Libby, or I said Picard's winery, or just, yeah, it just caught my eye. I just thought it was just really quite interesting to say that I thought just needed and just interesting to discuss um what's your next one me going back to Sirius again yes uh, I haven't got it up Jamie do you want to read it out yeah um 
Hugh inadvertently created Unimatrix Zero after its unprecedented reassimilation after Iborg. Iborg? Because he, I, I said Iborg. Iborg, because he gained new individuality while still Borg, and that's why his cube was disconnected prior to descent. Yeah, I just thought, and that was by, also in the Sonic Shower Thoughts, by Phoenix Namor. And again, hardly any comments to it. It had three. A month ago, because again, I, I do love a month ago. I know. <laughs> Jamie's gone for like this week, now. I just went, I don't care. I'm going for topic. It doesn't but... matter. It's just, it's just... just go whatever you want to go for. But yeah. Um, um, and I, I just thought it was interesting. It, it would make sense. At least it made sense to me. And it would explain where it came from. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think the timings do line up in terms of... Because Unimatrix Zero, I'm trying to think, uh, would be 2374, wouldn't it? Sounds about right. I think. Um, and obviously Next Gen was... I think it was 2360s, if I recall. Yeah, 10 years earlier. So the, the timings do line up. I think I think it makes sense to me. I don't see why. Not. And it was, you know, and I said I know you've never been massively keen on kind of on um, Unimatrix Sarah, have you? I um, I do wonder if it was his imagination that got digitised, and then that's what became Unimatrix Zero. Yeah, and it was it's certainly a nice link between Next Gen and uh, Voyager, isn't it? Because um, there's a brief discussion where it's just kind of no, it didn't. Their you know their program didn't get uploaded. So where did it come from? What you know what happened? So I think I just thought it's such an interesting thing that would nicely link like dovetail two series and would explain something that I've always had an issue with. It would at least make my head can and go, yeah, that vaguely makes sense. It might bolster the episode a bit for you. I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, we don't know if this is true, but there's no reason why you can't think it is. Why not? It said it. It said it makes sense to me in terms of, as you say, Hugh and the whole individual, because it said effectively that the whole concept of individuality, of organ individuality, did start with Hugh, didn't it? So, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so... Why not? As you said, the timings do match, so I, I, I don't see why not. I really, I, I said it's not. There's only three comments, but I, I just looked at it. Thought, God, yeah, that's just what well, again, again, something else I'd never even really considered or even thought about. But you know, because yeah, I've, I've never minded Unimatrix. I've always thought it was an interesting episode, but it, it just, it just seems to kind of come out of nowhere a bit. I think I think that's kind of how you feel as well, isn't it, Sai? I, it's not half as bad as oh, what's the other god of um, <laughs> Borg one Voyager? Isn't is it, isn't that Dark Frontier that makes yes. absolutely no sense of their solution? Yeah, yeah, I isn't think, that? Yeah. Yes, I we're going to simulate three of the crew, and we're just going to don't don't question it. And you're going what? Hang on a minute. Um, Isn't it? Or am I getting mixed up? No. I, I... Oh, what you mean, Janeway, Balana, and Tuvok? Yes. That, that was no. That was uh, that was Unimatrix Zero. Oh God's sake! 
I do get mixed up with them. They all blend into one. Well, that's the problem. You do so many boring episodes in Voyager. You know, when you do get... So they do blur into one. That annoys me. Yeah. That bit of, oh, yeah, we'll assimilate three of the crew and get away with it and there'll be no ill effects from it a week after. And you're going, huh? We didn't have this with Picard. Like, yeah, exactly. And even... No. even and you did with Seven. And even... Um, oh, uh, Survival Instinct, season six. Yeah. They, they, they were effects, wasn't there? And it's like, and then it's like, oh no, you know, we'll just simulate three of the crew and they'll be back to normal at the end within five minutes. Okay, then. Even though we've seen on what? At least three different occasions, maybe more, but at least three different occasions that I can remember where it actually has affected them, not just physically, but also mentally as well. So. That's why I struggle with that episode. Yeah. It's just that you just sit there going, no, no, like, let's just completely forget. Everything we learnt from Picard and everything, and like everyone praising them for how well they did, they dealt with that. Mm. Like, no. I mean, God, even with Captain Picard going for it, he's still feeling those effects of, of his assimilation. Well, not just in, as you say, later in next year, but even in, I said, in first contact, and even in Picard in season one, he had the same kind of thing as well. So, he's I, still. I like that you get the. Um, like resistance within the Borg from it, but that whole crap with the let's assimilate half the crew is like no. No, but oh no, Hugh creating it inadvertently creating it. I think it makes sense. I think it does give the episode a bit more of a. It makes it make a little bit more sense. It just gives it a bit more depth. As you say, it's a nice link to next gen, as well. It's a nice kind of side effect. So who knows? Um, was there anything more you wanted to say about that? No, I just thought it was a very interesting discussion. Just cool. don't talk to me about simulating Joan White, <laughs> Lana, and Tuvok. Uh, so uh, maybe that's something I should put in Room 101 eventually. Maybe that's something I might have to maybe. do. Maybe. So let's, uh, let's talk about this a bit more then, shall we? <laughs> uh, my one, uh, the next one is actually uh, a fun one. Um, again, short, none of the short assignments. Um, but... Again, short, kind of shorter. Um, if you were the captain of a Star Trek starship, what would be your catchphrase? Um, and this was submitted five days ago by Rough Riders 9. So they put, for example, so Picard says, make it so, Jomo says, do it, Jellico says, get it done, Pike says, hit it. And, it. and they've said, if it were me, my catchphrase would be, go for it. Um, and this just spawned off... Um, just people replying with some really, really, um, <laughs> really, some really cool and just humorous um, catchphrases. I uh, wasn't really excited about this one, Jamie. I'll be honest with you. This this thread really didn't excite me. Fair enough. No, that's fair enough. It is what it is. You're being honest. That's fine. Um, I really liked it though. Um, so. Oops, Again, I... it's what I was saying before we got going. I, this is I found this a bit derivative. 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 Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. No, it's fair enough. Well, everyone's different, Sai. So, you know, it's <laughs> fair enough. Um, so, oops, I cracked said set phases to fun. Um, Yippee ki yay. Yep. Um. I love Eat this. my shorts, and it's just kind of. 
Cleric, I like this one. Cleric 3648 said, considering I'll be on some engineering court vessels stuck doing auxiliary support for the front lines coming back, or glorified tow ship, my phrase would probably be, oh, what now? <laughs> just made me laugh. Um, Punch it, Chewy. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. I came here to drink canard and kick ass, and I'm all out of canard. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's shit fire and save the matches. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go exploring, you all. <laughs> and they said, which considering I'm from England, will hopefully baffle enough people just somehow doing what I say. <laughs> um, mine would be, someone else said, mine would be, where's your reproductive organ, honey? And someone supplied in her knee for sure. Um, <clears throat> some variant of crack on crack on then crack on with it so yeah i mean again it's a short thread but i i kind of like it so i know you find it a bit derivative but what would yours be so if you had to come up with a if of one what would you what would you yeah what would you come up with um i hadn't really thought about it i just thought you know kind of like, I'd have something similar to in blogs, not that I've written a blog in forever, but it's like, you know, kind of, you know, this is Simon signing, signing, you know, signing off, like signing out, like yeah, that whole I, thing. Like. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think, I, I, when, I, when I used to do it, I said, oh, I've done blogs longer than, in longer than you. I think mum was like, this is Jamie warping off into the unknown. I mean, I think I kind of, I used Punch It, which I think was um, Captain Pike in, well, Bruce Green was Captain Pike in the Kelvin timeline, wasn't he? He said Punch It, didn't he? I would just have something uh, happy-go-lucky, like as I am, and I'm, I'm so sure would... my friends at the like you or probably um, Marnie or Gary would know probably something that would fit me quite well. Just kind of my whole attitude to life would just be kind of something very yeah, laid it... back and very just kind of. It would be something that would suit who we are, uh, suit our personalities. Yeah, I think so. So yeah. I, I would just like let's do this. Like let's kind of. Yeah, I think I think that would yeah, I think that would be you. I think yeah, and as you say, mum, I think mum would kind of I don't know. I think mum would be more kind of maybe a bit more of a cautious saying. I, I would want to you know let's, let's go out, but let's just you know be more, bit a more of a cautious kind of maybe catchphrase. Maybe I'm not sure exactly what, but because I think out of the two of us, I've always been more of the kind of play it safe kind of one, haven't I? Yes, yeah, so it mildly. Hey, hey, I'm not that. I'm better these days, thank you very much. I'm not as. I'm not that. I say that bad. I don't think it's a bad thing playing it safe. I'm not as. I think I take more risks than I used to. Yes. You don't agree with that statement, Si? <laughs> this came from the guy that's gone, oh, I might do an extra one episode, if you're lucky. And Boy, I've just gone, yeah, I'm going to do another, like, six. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, and certainly... I'm also doing Pictionary. That is true. You are doing Pictionary. That is true. Two things that I hadn't planned of doing like six months ago. True. True. Well, Which maybe I haven't. Maybe I haven't. Any planning? Well, maybe I haven't within the last couple of months. But I certainly have taken more risks the last couple of years. Thank you very much. Anyway, that's a whole. That's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah. But, but yeah, maybe it wouldn't be fitting maybe for Starship Captain. Starship Captain's meant to go into you know, face danger every day. It's not 
maybe it doesn't exactly me, but you know, I don't know. But I think some captains probably do play more safe, a bit more cautious in their decision making. But anyway, it will, I don't know exactly what words I would, what phrase I'd use, but it probably would be say again a bit more, as you say, a bit more cautious, probably. Um, should we go on to um, your next one? Yeah, aren't we back to Sillyville again, aren't we, of mine? Uh, yeah. yeah, we are. San yeah. Francisco basketball. Baseball. I always get mixed up with that. It's basketball, sorry. Baseball. Oh, it's no, probably was... a religious ceremony on Bajor. And that was submitted 11 days ago by... Oh, it's that guy again. CGO12345. Oh, it's the same that. Oh, it's the same one. Oh, that's cool. And there's one comment that I thought would be hilarious. Um... They probably play in full period appropriate uniforms on some holiday dedicated to the emissary. It probably existed historically, <laughs> but the practice was abolished due to Kardashian suppression during the occupation. Ceremonial baseball diamonds that had stood for thousands of years were erased completely. Gloves crafted by ancient Bajorans, stolen and destroyed. Whole piles of regalia, pads, bases, everything burnt. Keepers of the rules, the holy empires, round up and none of them survived the occupation. <laughs> Um, I think there's more to it as well, isn't there? Um, oh, I don't know, but it's yeah. I just love that comment. I think there's a bit more to it, and that's by how do you say that? And and um, oh, who who the comment you just read out? Yeah. Um, I, I cannot pronounce that. Uh, I'll spell a, it out. A R-I-A double H-N. That one. That one, yeah. Because trying to pronounce that is just a bit of a mouthful. I just... And then I had thoughts a couple of days ago that I just had visions of, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark with it. Like, just kind of... You know, this baseball is, like, like seen as, like, the Holy Grail. Like, touched by Cisco. And just these crazy things trying to get hold of it and things and... Well, you know, it's not a crazy thing to think about. I mean, the amount of funny things you can find in these kind of threads, just, you know, just, it's, it's hilarious, isn't it, Sorry. Have you seen the, th- I think it's like the third one down. Upon you, my child, may the spirit of Buck Buckeye shine brightly from the social temple, may the, sight, uh, may the light of his power illuminate all the more brilliantly the path that the prophets have laid out for you. And that's a bit of an in-joke, because Jamie knows what I'm on about. Yeah. So I think it's funny. <laughs> Everyone I like. <laughs> the other one I like, I think this is a really great summing up. Kai Wynn is the Dolores Umbridge of Star Trek. That is just so true in every way. Just... <laughs> but the whole thing I thought was said really, really funny. Um... I think someone said, oh, I like the top ones from Psych 101. Now, do you want to see how I chip the Romulans into the wall? Or do you want to see me sock a few dingers? <laughs> it's but, a bit, I think that's a take on um, President Bush and that kind of, um, you know, kind of, you know, watch me drive, watch me play some golf. Like, you know, now that now the press conference is over and they watch me, watch me play some golf. So I think that's a, play on that i just had these visions of them like following his favorite baseball team around and there's this whole audience majora supporting his team and then there's the others going do you know what that's about no i don't i just 
No I, idea. Like, Sound of Vision is well, like. I, I just, I just think you know. I just think it's kind of nice, you know, that you have um, something like like that for a, for a captain or for a character where something's completely, pretty much out. Sid is out. What's that out of fashion? But just is well, in a way, out of fashion. It's just not as prominent as it is as it used to be. Um, back in our time, and something like baseball, it's a real prominent interest of of, of Cisco's. And as you say, I said Dave Heck, they even well, partly, partly how him and Cassie's relationship came to the uh, fore was because of their love of baseball. And they said they, Heck, you even had a couple of episodes based around it in the cards, technically. Um, and I, I know you're not as fond of it as me, but take me out to the Hollow Suite as well. So, just yeah, but. Even then, as you say, just the whole thing, as you say, it's just—I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think it's just—it's just nice, and and you know, <laughs> I know it's kind of a humorous thing, but I—why not? I mean, as you said, Cisco is the emissary, though he—he he didn't uh, excise it uh, that much. Yeah, fair enough, and obviously, you know, because obviously he had to think of himself as still he was a Starfleet captain you know he, he as the emissary he did have a lot of influence didn't he yeah I just thought that I love everything he does so it's like why not baseball just like oh yeah oh oh, oh dear that's what I thought I was about to sneeze there Ugh. um and that can be found in the Sonic Shower thoughts as well and oh you already said it, it's 11 days old yeah. I, I just thought that was another hilarious one. I say all the ones I've gone for are pretty much very, very short. But I just the whole oh, whole funny. idea of it is just hilarious. That yeah. one. Um. So my next one, which actually was one I mentioned that I was swapped. Um. Simon, uh, this is uh, one that Simon found. Um. This is uh, O.W.'s Star Trek's Disney prince because he basically ended the galactic war. He'll face turned a former lover and saved his entire race with the changing equivalent to true love's kiss. Uh, submitted one month ago by Phoenix uh, Namor. Um, this one, again, has uh, just only about 13 comments, but you, this was one of your um, backups, wasn't it, sir, that you was thinking you may use? I, again, I thought this had Jamie written all over it and he would go, yeah, sure, let's use it. Let's yeah. go for it. Yeah, I mean, again, it's yeah. <laughs> and it's what it's that immediate comment that sold it to me. Mm. If you read uh, Phoenix Namor's first comment, it will just make entire sense. What makes this extra apt is that his actor Rene Aubergeois, uh, rest in peace, played Chef Louis in The Little Mermaid, and even got his own song Les uh, Les Poissons. Poissons, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, um, what was there more to say? I mean, it, it's perfect. It's very, very. It, it does actually make you wonder, though, if that, it did, if that did have some kind of influence, or if it, or if it is is just an interesting coincidence. I just thought it was a very interesting concept for a character, and just kind of because it, it's all very true like it is and you've got to think particularly in a in a show like ds9 which is very as you say is darker gritty you know kind of so to have something like that that's that's very it's, it's, i said it's very very optimistic isn't it you know 
it, it does give you really a lot of optimism. Um, and, you know, the particular series, which it does focus more, a lot more, and said warring kind of destruction and stuff, particularly in the latter seasons. It's it's quite a um, kind of, almost kind of like a cathartic kind of hope, isn't it? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I just thought there's an interesting play on that character. Just kind of, mm. that is a very odd um, um, coincidence. Like, mm. how that's all worked itself out, that it all rings true. Like, I couldn't find a fault with it. No, same here. I said when I, um, I said when you when you mentioned it and I read for it, it just, just makes perfect sense. Um, There's not really much to it. I just thought it was a really interesting no. concept that it's just kind of. Like, I'm sure there's an awful lot of other people going, huh, never thought of that before. And I and then it might change someone's opinion on it. Like, it's just kind of, I've never thought of Vodo in that sense before. Neither have I. Again, it's it never ever crossed my mind never even crossed my mind but you know you've got to think of you know um and in a way it's it's, it's in a sense in a sense i'm not saying other characters on as well but with that in mind you've got to think it's a very good role model for children you know, them growing up and kind of watching those kind of things like we used to as kids they said where you've got someone who 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 saves the day and you know all that kind of stuff i said it's very very as you say do you know what I'm saying, or am I just rambling? Yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah, um, you know, it just yeah. In a series, I said that it's very said darker and said you know, and maybe there is doesn't seem to be as much hope. It's very, it's very cathartic almost, as you say. Kind of, and that's you know, actually, kind of reading that, it kind of I said reminds me of my childhood. It grown up and watching those sorts of shows where you know the hero saves the day and and saves the princess or whatever and all that kind of thing so it's very again it's kind of almost quite nostalgic isn't it in a way i suppose um anything more you want to say on that one not really okay so let's go to so oh this would be your last one wouldn't it be i believe so uh yeah uh do the borg now know about Admonition. I still don't know how to say that. The, ad, um, ad, the admonition. Yeah. Um, submitted eight days ago, so we're getting <laughs> a bit near now. Uh, by official N Square, and oh my God, there's a long one. It's unclear whether 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 or not uh, the Borg survived the last voyage, but let's assume they did, as it will likely turn out they did survive if the writers of any post Voyager show ever want to Borg story again, and that's true. The artifact disconnected from the collective after assuming assimilating Ramada. And that's the other thing. I chose the last two because I thought that it was very cool having two board discussions to see whether there was any kind of like tentative link to them. That's why I chose them. Okay. Um, who had the message from the Synthetic Federation in her mind. We know that the admonition can be transferred through multiple organic hosts thanks to the ninth episode. God, this goes on. As the broadcast of Cybernetic, it wasn't the admonition that drove them insane. It was the sheer force of her despair. So if the admonition itself made it to the collective, I think it's likely the Borg could understand it properly, which should have some uh, drastic 
consequences. Do you um? Sorry, sorry. Do you, do you want me to read the rest of it, or are you okay? No, you. Yeah, sure. You sure? Yeah. Didn't want to interrupt <laughs> you, but <it's, laughs> all right. You sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, we know from Species 8472 that the Borg will actively invade a more advanced species territory simply because the Borg think they are more perfect than themselves. A universe-spanning federation of purely synthetic life forms will certainly fit the Borg's idea of perfection, so I don't think there is any real concern that they would construct a beacon and invite, invite the simps into the galaxy. Whether the Borg would be considered a friend or foe isn't really relevant. The point is that the synthetics would have a foothold in our galaxy and would spread, spread from there as the admonition predicts. It's possible some of this, uh, some form of this is intended for a future season to Picard, but if that doesn't happen, I think that means either the admonition didn't reach the collective as the artifact collapsed too quickly or the Borg are truly gone. Only time will tell which it is. And I thought it was interesting because, again, we always have this discussion whether this all links back into control and discovery again. Yeah, which we I think we've mentioned. I think we did uh, season two retrospective, didn't we, of discovery? Endlessly. Yeah. So um, I just thought it was a very interesting thing of just kind of how the Borg would deal with it and whether if they do know about it, whether that would be an awfully terrible thing to for them to learn, right? Like, or whether it was so much of a shock that they, that's, it's an, because that, that was the thing, it's another case where the Borg get rid of a Borg cube, it's like, oh my god, we don't want to know this, oh, you know, we're going to disconnect you now, just like they did with Hugh. So I found there was a little bit of linking uh, tissue between the two uh, threads. Yeah, I could kind of see that, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it said it certainly is, again, very interesting. Um, you know, although although I must admit, when when you did similar, like, I thought, what is it, admonition again? I thought myself, is it Star, Star Trek Picard? So, um, but I, you know, but once I said, once I sort of was like, ah, right, okay, because I've again, like I said again, another thread that you picked out, so I said that really, really intrigued me. Um, you know, because that's the thing I think about Picard season one. There's a lot going on in there, and you know, it. I'm not saying this is necessarily too fast paced, but it, it, it moves quite quickly. And you, I think having discussions like this, it, it's good. You know, you can. It slows you down. It makes you think more, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. So, what do you think? Do you think they did know then? Um. Do you think they now know, shall I say? Probably not, because it gives them a bit too much power. Um, well, and if they disconnected it because of her, they wouldn't. Well, surely then, if you're saying if you're saying that, then what this official N squared has said about it doesn't matter whether they would whether the ball would be considered friend or foe. Well, it isn't actually very relevant then. I, mean, I know the synthetics were gain a foothold, and obviously, but I know if the Borg, if the Borg, uh, you know, what side they chose, do you really do you think that would have made a difference or not? Well, can you imagine if? Because you've got to bear in mind, there's a super clever um, AI on the other end of that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and them and the Borg uh, don't seem good. 
and, so then, the... and, and the whatever's in the ammunition wants to kill all organic life anyhow, throw that in with a little bit of bog, yeah, no. So in other words, it is, it is basically very relevant then, isn't it? Mm. So if they're on and ass... it's the same with, because um, yeah. we always had the thing with Eja, whether that came into contact with something bog, that didn't end well either, if that's true. So if you had, if you did have the Borg on, I said the Federation side or, or organic life side or, or whatever, you reckon it would have made a difference then in how things would have turned out? Do you think? What the, the, the problem lies in what Borg are we talking about? What Borg are you talking about per se? Are you talking about what, the liberated one? Because I'm referring to the Borg, Borg like the Delta Quadrant Borg, like the kind of. So again, it's kind of if it still survives, and he kind of thinks that they do, and I, that I don't think they're finished with that thread entirely. I still well, think there's a collective out there of sorts. Well, I'd say probably. Well, I say I was thinking pretty honest, probably both. Like as you say, liberated Borg, and as you say, Delta Quadrant Borg. Delta Quadrant, nah, not a good thing. Liberated doesn't quite as matter as much because then they're pretty much back to being. Well, maybe maybe that's humans. what maybe that's what this this official end squared is means because they're talking specifically about Picard, aren't they? The liberated Borg on the Borg cube from that. So maybe that's what maybe that's what they mean. Maybe that's what they specifically mean, not just the Borg as in generally the Borg. I don't know, but um, well, that's the thing. Were the Borg actually? Liberated on that Romulan cube, they were free, weren't they? Um, well, she was, wasn't she? She was. Yeah, but I'd, I'd have... kind of restored to a degree. Yeah, I don't think all of them were. So we we don't know. That's something we don't know about the artifacts. Yeah. There's an awful lot of unanswered questions, and at the end of the show, there was an awful lot still in um, that weren't liberated yes. yet. So I, 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 so my earlier statement of liberated, take that with a huge pinch of salt then. Because I was, I was just thinking to myself, were they actually liberated or not? Cause I, I, it wasn't 100% clear if they all were or not. So It looked like a small percentage, percentage yeah. of that yeah. uh, that uh, ship yeah. So So what we're saying is you don't think the Borg did know about it? No, because they would have... They would have accessed their brain and gone, oh my god, I'm not touching going anywhere near that. Yeah. No, I, I think I agree with you there. I, I think I think the same. You know. Oh. And it would be too much power if it did get back to the collective. Yeah, and they said it would have created even more problems. So, which is not, you know. Oh. Because oh. Oh. Um. If, if the graphic novels or comics go anything by they've even the Borg have even joined up forces with the Cybermen so you know oh, yeah. they're going to jump at the opportunity to do kind of so they've got the upper hand they're going to take it mm. yeah, that, that was all I just thought it was very interesting just kind of two very different ideas with the same concept of oh god we don't like what they've done there let's get let's disconnect that cube from the collective yeah, as you say, um, it's really interesting. I mean, there were so many more we could have picked, wasn't there? But as you say, it's kind of these are the ones that kind of immediately jumped out to us. Um, do you want to say anything more about that one, or should we move on to my last one? No, move on. Right. Okay. So my last one. Um, 
is submitted three days ago by uh, Davrakin Dav Davrakina Quirky Doe. That's how I'm going to pronounce that because I think that's as close as I can get to to it. Uh, why is the Star Trek fan base so scared of serialization? Um, there were four, about forty-two comments on this one. You, this is wasn't in your side. Um, um, I don't. I don't. And again, know it kind of harkens a bit back to the. You cut out, oh, Jamie. Oh, sorry. I, no idea I, was what saying, you were saying. I, I was saying. I said, "Did you hear what I, I said?" The title. I heard the title. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying this is another one you found uh, interesting because it, it, in a way, it harkens back to some of the comments that we mentioned. I meant that we mentioned in my first topic of the uh, Strange New World series. Um, I mean, there's only 42 comments here, so not well, I say not that many, but um, but this was just kind of another one that just really caught my eye and just. You know, in terms of, as you say, particularly with kind of really device, divisive opinions, particularly with how Picard and Discovery have kind of gone in terms of kind of of its format. Um, I just thought it'd just be a, just to briefly just to delve into it. So, um, Jamie, before you get going, I think it'd be interesting because I know we keep talking about changes to things and backups. I think it'd be interesting to throw into the throw into the ring one of my other choices that I was thinking about which plays into this thing if Go it on. will come up because obviously Jamie's fourth one changed it and yeah. that was do you want to tell them what that one was what it originally was um was it about the Bajoran part wasn't it that yeah one? yeah why don't you quick summary of that oh okay oh um hang on I just need to get it up on I think I've still got the page saved on my favourites on my computer. Uh, hang on, bear with me. But here is the one that I was... One of my backups that plays into this. Because um, the one that I, I was... I one I of my backups was... All three of CBS's Star Trek seasons have been about preventing the death of all sentient life due to out-of-control out technology. Which kind of plays into what you're sort of saying in some degrees. Yeah, I mean, um, hang on, let me just get. Uh, so I'll just need to try and find this. I think that's definitely deleted it, but I should be able to get it back up. Oh, okay. Well, actually, that is an interesting one. Huh. I'll just type to Bajor and Par Reddit, and I've actually just found a really interesting debate thing. Actually. But anyway. Um, there we go. I think I've got it. Um, do you want me to read out this one then, this Bajoran one? Yeah, briefly, yeah. Just once, I wish a Bajoran would have grabbed somebody's ear and said, your par kind of sucks. It's like Lake Wobegon where everyone's par is above average. So I just wanted to give it a bit of air time because it's like, oh, thank you. what's your original <laughs> concept? Well, oddly enough, I literally, as I typed in, I just found something else that quite interests me. Is the Bajoran par proven to be superstitious? Yeah. Uh, superstitious nonsense. Yeah. I know, it just, just, just looks interesting. But anyway, if we, if we did that, we'd be here all day. <laughs> um, yeah, so going back to um, our, our, well, you have a backup and my my last one. So why Star Trek and by so scary this serialization? Well, the question is, are they? 
And again, are we also veering into franchise fatigue again? Yeah. That whole discussion. Yeah, I think I think I think um, uh, Sack Sixteen is, you know, says well, Jim Point, but who is this Star Trek fan base? It's a hugely diverse group of people who, with a very mixed set of views. Every series has its champions and critics. So, you know, I think it's. I mean, you got some good comments. I mean, uh, let's have a look. Um, so I quite like this one. So Herd Nefera said, I think the difference between serialized DS Nine. Uh, Discovery because at DS9 still had episodic storytelling. Even during the Dominion War arc, they took time to tell a self-contained story now and then. With Picard and Discovery only having 10 episode seasons, they just don't have time for that. They have to cram in all the, their character building and story in te- those 10 hours. And if the story isn't that great, the whole entire season isn't great. And then you're getting in discussions about old television, new television. Yeah. If you put on old television, who's going to watch it? Mm. So you have to go and put it into new television formats. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Television format has changed now. You know, it's not just it's and, it, and this is not just this 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 this, this issue of that um um uh, serialization. It's it's not just it's not just um converted to Star Trek. It's it's every every type of series you can think of. You used to have series that would be 24 episodes and 42. I'm not saying there are still series that do do that. Certain series I watch are still at 20 plus episodes and still very much episodic. Um, but, you know, a lot of series these days, I said the episode seasons are shortened, but they do have longer running time or it varies. Picard and Discovery are two prime examples of that. Um, you know, and as you say, it's a case of getting used to this new format. It's just, it's just the way things are, the way that general audiences' attitudes have generally changed. That's not to say it's a case of every single person. I mean, me personally, I like longer running story arcs. Um, so things like in like, um, and that's not to downplay next gen or original series or anything like that at all. Um, you know. Um, but I, I personally, I like longer running story arcs, but I do quite like a bit of ep- episodic television now and then, which is partly why I love Deep Space Nine so much, because you have a good mixture of both. Um, and I, I don't see I don't see the problem with that. Why not have a mixture of both? Why does it have to be one or the other? Yeah, certainly. I'd echo that, Jamie. I just think it's a matter of finding the gold lock zone. That's yeah. the only thing that's the issue. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what Picard and Discovery. Maybe they need to do more, bit more kind of episodic within, within, in between. Um, like I really loved the Troy episode. I think that was great fun. That was, uh, oh, I should say Riker's. I should say Riker's story. You know, towards the end of the series, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, that was I a mean, nice bit of escapism, and I think it's the same with the kind of the Sphere episode in. Season two of Discovery, that was a nice, um, quieter episode that you could just watch and. Yeah, I think I think maybe I think maybe that's the thing about um, Discovery and Picard. Maybe I mean, don't get me wrong. I I I'm not you know I'm I understand the I understand the way television works. You know they 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 get a shorten their seasons, but. I think you need. 
I think you need more of a balance. I think if you want to keep fans happy, at least in terms of the way you structure and format a show, at least with Star Trek, I think a good mixture of both is a good idea because that way you're catering to both kind of fans. The ones who prefer more maybe episodic and the ones who prefer a more, as you say, a longer running story arc, either within a season or stretch over the whole whole show. Maybe that is the solution, not just either episodic or let's just have a longer running story arc because, as I said, Discovery Picard didn't really have that. Not, I mean, not, not entirely. And as you say, episodes like um, The Spear in Discovery Season 2 and um, being at Riker and Troy's home, they were lovely episodes because that's the thing. When you've got shows that are shortened seasons, like 10 or 15 episodes, it and I think as um, Herna first said, you, you um, have to cram it all that character building story to 10 hours. It just feels so quick. And it feels like the show and like the audience don't have don't have time to kind of catch up and breathe. So certain episodes you need you as you said you need that. I think I think it was what you were saying to me. So you need that. Was it pillar filler? I think what I have been sat here thinking is you need character moments. That's yeah. one thing that both of those episodes had loads of. Yeah. Because you had it with um, uh, Saru, and then you had it with. Like the Rikers, you had that character yeah. moments. You actually yeah. had scenes where it's just kind of, you know, oh, give me a bit of exposition of what's happened to you, you know, what's going on, how you're feeling, what you're thinking. But yeah, they... and that that dealt so much more than mm. quick editing. That great moves the story along, but we don't know who these people are. Like, yeah, it's it, it, it's not it's not, and it's not to say that that Discovery and Picard, it's not to say that when they're moving quickly, that they're not, they're not giving us depth in terms of characters and story, because they are, but it feels more like, as you said, expo- is it exposition? Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exposition. Then it is actually taking the Tom bit and actually slowing down and just exploring it a bit more. Do you know what I mean? It's, and, and I just, I, yeah, I, I, I can understand what, where people are coming from. I, 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 I get it, you know, and I think, I think maybe that's what these new Star Trek shows, I think that's what they need to do. As you said, combine a, a format of both. Um, because why not? I mean, you know, this, and like I said, that way, you you, you know, it's, you're, you're bridging that gap between kind of the old television and the new television format. And you said, the way fans, I said, I must, and again, as you say, everyone's different. Just because someone watched, grew up with the original series, and watch next generation episodic television doesn't mean they're going to be against longer running story arcs. Everyone's different. Everyone's got their, as you said, it's all very diversive. Um, but if you want to kind of bridge that gap, I think that's what these networks, I think that's what they need to consider. But as you say, it's difficult because I know as you, I, I don't know, it's tricky, but you know, um, formatting has just changed so much. And I think, that's that's part of it and that's again i know you know with certain shows i've watched um one in particular which i won't mention right now because i've mentioned it before but they shortened a season the last couple of seasons of that and they had a certain amount of number before and i think it hurt it a lot more than it helped um so if you give if you have if you do have more episodes within a season you do give i said the characters a chance to breathe a bit more 
and you do have a bit of filler or as you say a bit more a bit more of a self-contained episode it doesn't have to be loads even if it's just a, a few every season or so i just think it would balance it out better and i think you would i think it would you know it would i said it would bridge that gap i just think they should go for the standard 12 episodes that would do a hell of a big improvement it wouldn't be much but it would be enough that mm. i think it would please everyone because i've seen an awful lot of shows lately like i say, i've been watching loads of stuff and like recent sitcom that's ended and that was 12 episodes long and that i think that was just about right well i mean it, it depends on the kind of show and how and as well you get into a whole other debate of how complex the storyline is i mean you know a lot of people say 10 episodes is too short but then you look at television you look at kind of shows that are like 20 plus and that was like standard format so maybe you need to go somewhere sitting between i don't know 14 15 or i, no, I don't know that, it wouldn't get produced jamie it's no. too, that would be too much it would it's either you go for the maximum these days is about 12 well, correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't discovery like 14 15 season one was at least anyway wasn't it yeah but what was the last one what do you mean what was last season? How long was that? Uh oh, um, season two. Yeah. Oh, was it twelve episodes? So, well, I think that was under a different um, showrunner, wasn't it? Probably under a different but, producer. But, but then again, we've always argued that the season one of Discovery could have used more episodes anyway. But <laughs> that's a that's a whole other thing. But yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky. But I, I get where fans are coming from. Um. Well, the only reason that was longer because they were then went into the mirror universe and needed a bit more time to finish the whole damn thing off. Yeah, well, I know well, we know how a lot of us about about that. So yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think it's tricky. But that that would be my kind of solution to it in terms of do a bit of both. Why not? I mean, Will they do it? Like, have they have they done that for season three? What discovery? I really doubt it, but you know. But I I don't mind episodic television now and again. I I and in some ways it's a huge uh, it's a huge plus. You know, particularly if you can pull out an episode in forty five minutes and you know make it as you can only make it as in depth as a as a longer running story arc. Sometimes it really depends upon me. But it's safe to say I think you need I think a good mixture of the both is a good solution. Why does it have to be one or the other? DS nine as said as Herdner for said DS Deep Space Nine did it. Voyager did it. Voyager did it as well. Even next Enterprise gen- did it. Enterprise did it, yeah. Even within um, the Zindi arc, or even season four of Enterprise. I mean, you had like the two three parts, or there were still single episodes of in there. And even in the Zindi um, plotline, which is like I said, twenty four episodes. Even within then, you still had some self contained stories, didn't you? Episodes like North Star being a prime example, because that's just the first one I can think of off the top of my head. Um. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I suppose really to kind of answer the questions in terms of why Star Trek fans kind of uh, fan base are so scared of I suppose, I mean, do you think they are, Si? It's because of my backup. Go on. Because they don't want this thing of every single series they watch is all about death of sentient life due to out-of-control AI. If that's yeah. going to be the ultimate enemy of all of it, like, 
you know, Star Trek desperately trying to be a small-scale MCU, mm. we don't want it. Mm. We don't want just a... And this is, you know, how I couldn't have written this, a faceless enemy. Mm. We, we don't want that. Like, mm. It's not all about kind of the big foe of the season. Star Trek's never been about that, really. No. And I think that's where people kind of... And I think then you're getting a hold about, oh, well, is this Star Trek? Is this technically Star Trek or not? You know, it, that's the whole other thing. But, but you know, it, it does kind of, again, it, and it reinforces, oddly enough, I said my first, the first thread that I picked up where someone has said, um, oh, in that video where they were introducing the new Star Trek series or hope and optimism for the future and said, yeah, I'm sold on that. You know, maybe, maybe they're, again, I'm not saying Picard and Discovery aren't, uh, aren't um, Star Trek. They are, they are Star Trek, you know, but they are, they've certainly been darker than some of the other Star Trek series that we've had in the past. Let's, it is, let's be honest. It, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. I said, I love Deep Space Nine. It's one of my favourite tracks. Um, but there was there was a um, a wish for a more real-to-life Star Trek series, and that's what people got, and everyone's gone, oh, no, I don't like it. And you're going, yeah. that's what you wanted. You wanted a series after Nemesis where you got that. You wanted one that's more true to life where you got that, and you didn't like that either. It's like... Make your mind up, people. Like, well, come on. I think, I think. well, maybe the solution to the whole thing, then, is you just do a mixture of flipping both. <laughs> Hope and optimism for the future, as you say. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. You send one set of fans to one series and you send the other one to the other series. That's really what you want to try and do. And, ho- and hopefully they might be able to fill that with Pike. Yeah. Who knows? And, and then we've got a heap of other... Sm- well, presumably smaller shows coming along. We've got the animated one, and we've got this thing and that thing coming along. So who knows what else they've got up their sleeves? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think we've I think we've covered that pretty well, haven't we? But I think yeah, and I'm sure we'll cover it again sometime in the future because it will come back round again probably once this, um, season three discoveries. Ed. Yeah. And mm. um, we do our season three retrospective. Um, whatever the hell that's going to be I would love to say next year but honestly who knows um, oh I think we'll have it by the end of the year it's just where enough oh, is going to be placed that's... Well, if it's got to be in my half I don't mind so <laughs> we'll end up where it ends up um, yeah so I think that ends I think that ends our Star Trek Reddit episode doesn't it I don't think that worked out half too bad really no I think it was good I, I enjoyed it I thought I thought our threads were all quite good. So, um, so obviously, um, we're our next one's going to be well. It's actually pre-recorded, isn't it, Sai? Yeah. Which will be our uh, our trill episode, which will be the tricky, troublesome trills. I think that's uh, the. I think that's the title you came up with, wasn't it, for them? That's right, Jerry. Yeah. 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 I know you're a bit hesitant, but that's right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Didn't want to get that wrong. Um, so yeah, so obviously we won't be recording. Uh, so we've got a, a week off, which is which is nice to get a bit nice to. So it's been lovely doing all these episodes, but I must admit it'd be nice to have a bit of a break on it. Um, and then obviously, uh, do you want to talk about the one afterwards, or do you want to mention what it is, or not? No, I'm all right. Okay, right. Anyway, we've got. I said that will be our next one. Obviously, we've got some stuff obviously coming up uh, next month as well. Um, yeah, so again, as, as usual, guys, obviously, yeah, do do stay safe. Um, 
look out well I just say but look off look out look, look after yourselves and and everyone you love and just yeah just just take care of yourselves okay yeah all right anyway uh we'll be back again soon guys we hope you enjoyed listening bye bye